0: Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode one of season five of This Osteopathic Life. This episode has been a long time coming and there have been gaps and pauses and now is the time of its emergence. I've actually recorded a few different episodes on different moments, looking for the just right occasion. The obvious start date, February 1st, the initial beginning of the podcast, my shared birthday. I looked at my baptismal day, I looked at Easter Sunday, I looked at April Fool's, all these different times where it seemed like it might be interesting and appropriate to launch or relaunch the podcast, open up this fifth season. And none of those episodes felt quite right. None of those moments seemed to match. And I'll be perfectly honest, I was really hung up because I wanted to have different music for the podcast. So as you have noted in the intro, musician is part of the identity, part of the who I am with which I engage and I think part of me that I'd like to see more at the forefront And we'll see, it works there, right? We get to prioritize and choose where we invest our time and consider those moments in life where we took a different path than perhaps we might have expected. And I've had amazing collaborators over the years, a lot of brilliant musicians with whom I've worked and I have participated myself. And when I played the music myself, I had others with me in that. And it was time for new music, And I sat down and I wrote it out and I got some feedback (laughs) that it was relatively dark, which wasn't entirely surprising. And it was never quite right. And interesting, a few times the music came to me in unexpected moments, in a sauna, in these quiet spaces when treating others, and I couldn't get it down on paper and it didn't stick long enough to come through. And what that probably says is that was not the music that was meant to be shared. I also heard all these different layers in layers of myself playing so recording you know the bass notes and then coming through with pizzicato and putting some precaution tapping on the cello and maybe picking up a different instrument mixing it up putting some loop on this keyboard we have in the house and all of that as you might hear in those words was complicated not in my wheelhouse and led to more and more obstacles and so that really was a preventive factor from getting this podcast out onto the airwaves in this season, really, because there was a sense of, I need this to feel different, to be different, because I am different. And two things happened today. One was, I kept coming around to that thought of, does it really need to be different? Do we need something on the surface to be presented as different? Does it need to be obviously different to others In order for that difference, that transformation, that evolution to actually be experienced. And we think about that in appearances and makeovers, let's say, right? So if someone has a physical and external body transformation, it can be easy to see the distinctions and the differences that they are experiencing. However, there can be many times when someone has a significant internal transformation and there's nothing particularly visible, or let's say overtly visible on the outside, because certainly. And when we do have an internal transformation, we might exude a different energy, and that can be perceived externally, although it may not be obvious, right, to the plain eye. And so I gave myself permission today that I said, you know, you don't need anything to be different. And I thought about changing the cover of the podcast, and I've done that in bits and pieces, although on certain platforms it hasn't adapted the change that I made, I think, two seasons ago, in the sense of, it's got to be totally different, Right, so that it's obvious that this change has been made, and then I pause and I said, "Well, does it really? Right? And who needs to know? And what does the change have to look or feel like? Does it have to be visual? Does it have to be external? Can it simply be that you arrive to this space how you are in this moment, even if those other pieces in place are the same? And how interesting! And of course, right the." phrase that I think is my most favorite to use in the practice of coaching It's of course. So in that moment, I was fully prepared to arrive home, record the podcast, put it up with the music that has existed over the last season. And I even thought about going back to the first season as that felt more congruent with who I am now, interestingly enough, right? Those spaces sometimes aren't sequential in the ways that we evolve in our lives. And that brings up that visual of the spiral. We've talked about that in past episodes. I digress. So full permission to do that. And of course, as I arrived home, I felt very compelled to pick up my cello and just see what emerged. And isn't that interesting? The expectation was no longer that I needed this music in order to produce this podcast. And because there was no longer this pressure, this forced expectation of must have music in order to publish the next episode, there was a freedom and there was a space. And in that space emerged some notes. And they're notes that were inspired by different conversations and experiences, particularly back in the month of March. And I played it a few times, offered a few little critiques to myself intonation, tonality, sequencing, rhythm, pace, all of that. And then I said, This one is enough. And for a moment, I thought, I could lay a little bass line under that, right? I could go over to the piano and add this in. And I paused. And I said, you know, just me playing these notes, one line, is enough. It's a little gritty because I loaned my brosin to my son, so there's that piece. The intonation isn't perfect because I have not picked up my cello all that frequently lately, although there are some opportunities forthcoming, and I'm excited for those to bring that back. But that's real, and it's true, and it's reflective of this moment, And actually, when I listened to it back, I found it to be quite beautiful. And I had this thought of, it's beautiful because it isn't perfect. And not perfect from, if you were assessing this as an audition, you would pick apart pieces of it. That's not what it is. This is no audition. There is no need for proof or approval from it. It is simply an expression. And thinking about that and how often we stop ourselves from expressing what is true and what is real for fear that it isn't going to be perceived, received, reflected as perfect. So allowing those notes, those few bars, that one minute of music to be enough. And the joy that I feel that this gateway has been opened with or without those notes to share words here again. And I could look for patterns of numbers all over the place. And actually yesterday, the 1st of May, would have been more ideal. From that numerical perspective, first of the month, it's a Monday, right, has that energy about it, although podcasts on the Monday, right, were a thing for a while, (laughs) and then never quite fully came to fruition for me. It was also my first ever due date. So the 1st of May was when I was expected to deliver my firstborn and he waited a few days, 4 days actually, and that day it became intertwined with the culmination of the pregnancy with a little bit of an unexpected and uncontrollable delay. And so the 2nd of May probably actually is totally appropriate given the time between episodes, that it's a Tuesday, that it's an even number, and I'm going to make peace with that. <laughs> and we can just say, here we are on the 2nd of May which doesn't feel very much like the 2nd of May. It could also be an April Fool's episode based on our weather because it is 34 degrees in rain, snowing outside. So we can encompass all those different pieces. It could even be a baptismal day, right? Riding in the rain today, I chose to continue with my bike commute, even though the inclement weather was less than favorable. But when my daughter said, I'm gonna bike to school today, I thought, well, I can bike to work into town and to my tasks today as well. So we're baptized, right, by this cold rain of the day, And I'm learning that this is the halfway point between spring and summer. And now, while that has been factual, if we look at a calendar, this is the first time it's been brought to my attention. And it does seem comical because it feels like that might be happening in the Southern Hemispheric fashion because it does not feel like we are anywhere near approaching summer at this moment in time. And so here we are on this day, embracing the expectations we often place on ourselves and notice how they can be invitations, they can be gateways, and they can also certainly be obstacles and checking in for what limitations they bring to us. And limitations can be really powerful. We've talked about that in past episodes, Where limitations can help hone our focus and allow us to be really clear on what it is we are doing. Limitations can also put up big brick walls and stop us from actually leaning into and tapping into our true potential. And so here in this moment, in this season five, arriving, feeling very different than any of the previous episodes in which I have spoken or interviewed or shared conversation with guests, there is the me that I am in this moment who really hasn't ever existed before. And that is true of all of us in each and every moment, right? We are arriving in this now with a new breath with different cellular arrangements, with different ideas and intentions and past experiences because every new now moment right, brings that past experience that hadn't been in the past until just then. And sometimes that might feel like a micro change or something you could not see with the naked eye. Sometimes it feels very significant, right? Significant haircuts. We had one of those in our family recently where it's quite obvious that there has been a change made. And it might be something that you need the expanse of time to be able to see. So even though those micro changes are happening over and over and over again, in each second, each day, it might take that pause in not seeing someone for a week or a month or a year or a season, whatever that might be, to then say, wow, right, so much has changed here. And considering when you have arrived with someone and they don't necessarily look any different, but there is an energetic shift of how they are, and perhaps to an energetic shift in the exchange between you, because you have arrived different in that moment. I think about that in patient encounters. And one of our overarching mentors in the practice of osteopathic medicine, Dr. Biola Freiman, who has since passed, offered up, and this was a person, a physician, a practitioner, a scientist who did a lot of research and investigated studies, saw the importance of data and bringing that sound scientific evidence to back osteopathic medicine and partnered that with, we still always only ever see our patients one at a time. And taking that into the meta moment too of we only ever see that patient in the moment in which they arrive. Now you might see a patient for a common complaint, maybe a chronic injury, maybe has similar patterns. Things might show up in their body in a similar way. And you might utilize similar treatment styles, right? You have certain techniques that have gone well in the past. Even so, every time there is that meeting, right, they are who they are in that moment with whatever energetically, physically, mentally, spiritually has gone into their system, whatever activities they've engaged in on that day, whatever food they have consumed, whatever sleep they have had. So their physiology arrives uniquely in that moment, as does yours as a physician meeting them. And there is an exchange there. There have been times I've had to modify treatment for my own physical limitations. When I had the abdominal injury, I could not utilize a lot of more direct techniques. And most of my colleagues will say, well, were you using them anyway? (laughs) But sometimes, yes, right? Long lever often came into my treatment space and couldn't during that time. So even though it might have been a similar pattern in this body of this person that I have established a professional relationship with over many months or years, I could not rely on the same techniques. And so coming to that space of, well, what is necessary here? What is needed here? What is being asked for? What calls forward the health? And what do I have to offer? And now that applies in the treatment space, yes. And certainly if there were extreme limitations, you would make a referral. If a surgeon had a hand limitation, had an injury and couldn't operate They would say, well, that's not available to you today, right? I'm going to do something different. They would call in a colleague. However, in some situations, maybe a certain piece of equipment is not available. And we do have to get creative in medicine. We think about spaces where we don't have access to as many plentiful resources as here in the United States that we might have to draw in upon something else to apply a treatment that is familiar to us for a symptom and a presentation and a pathology that we know but requires something different because of what resources are available in that moment. we can take that out of the patient room and into the world around us and notice, perhaps as a person in your life with whom you've interacted for years and you arrive together in a space and this could have just happened, it might be coming up for you and something is different and it might be very clear they are different. Maybe they had a significant external life change. Maybe they have changed their weight or made a change in their appearance, a haircut like we have talked about right something might be physically different there. They might look to you the same as they've always looked and there might be something energetically you're sensing something else is happening here. and they might have had something that came up that day. Think about that for yourself. If you had a tough conversation at work and then you arrive home, right there's a different energy that you bring. And then there's consideration of how is this exchange going to take place? And what resources do I have here today? And depending on the person and the timing and the context and the conversation, you might be able to be very upfront and clear and direct about that. And that might be a dreamy world of conversation and communication where we can simply say, this is the reserve that I have. And Brene Brown alluded to this in one of her historical podcasts about gauging, right? How much reserve is within the family unit if that's where you're interacting? And say, you know, I notice you seem different to me today. And that can be a loaded statement. It can feel accusatory, it can feel judgmental. And judgmental is its own interesting word. But we're constantly judging. That's appropriate human behavior. We're judging for safety. Think about looking at food, deciding if it's spoiled, walking out into the street. do We judge if there's traffic coming. Right? Our discernment is necessary for our survival and our thriving and so making this judgment of the person in front of us and notice the connotation. What does that word bring up for you when I say it? Right, it means we're being critical and we're having these biases and opinions. And certainly we can look at that and be aware and also recognize, oh, I'm sensing something here. Right, When I arrived today, something seemed different. Is so there anything you'd like to share? Can I support you? What do you need today? Are there going to be powerful ways to engage in that conversation? And they might say nothing, right? I feel the same, I'm doing the same, I'm about the same. And then perhaps you can ask yourself internally or out loud, hmm, maybe something's different with me. What do I need? What do I have to give here? And these, again, can take place out loud depending on the person, but check in with these narratives that you can have with yourself. Something seems different here is something actually different? Look around, is the environment different? Is the temperature different? As I share with you, this does not fit the profile for the 2nd of May, although everything seems to be open for interpretation as to what season should behave like what in the current climate. And you might say, right, is something different in the environment? Is there something else that has been presented here? Looking around, is there something temporary that has arrived that is new in this space? How do I feel? Do I feel physically well, right? Am I well slept and well nourished and well loved and by myself or by others? What am I bringing into this space? What are my expectations for this interaction? Is it all filtered through past interactions, which is pretty common, right? We go to past information to bring us into the current space. And so to say, hmm, usually when we interact, this is what happens. That didn't happen in the first five minutes when we were together today. That doesn't seem quite right to me. But is there room for that to not be what happened and to still be quote unquote right for this moment? Maybe I need something different from today. Perhaps I always come with an energy of what I need from this exchange and I no longer have that. I might just be arriving whole and happy and worthy and content and allowing whatever exists here to be. And now that might seem really freeing and inviting. But if a person always expects to be fulfilling something for you and you no longer need that from them and you don't make it very clear, that can feel disconcerting. Because they might say, wait, I'm here to offer this and here's usually my role and my job and my task and now there's no space for that, right? It feels like a puzzle piece and there's no room to receive it. And so there's just this lone errant puzzle piece with this outpouching and nowhere for it to go. And an opportunity to say, well, puzzle piece, you are a whole just as you are. And it can feel really great to be the last piece and fill in the picture and complete this. And perhaps there's something to be built around this wholeness. Maybe you get to be the start of something new. Maybe you get to be the one that needs something and receives something. And I can be there for you in this way. And that can be a shifting of roles that takes some grace and acceptance on both parts. And so in this idea of evolution and arrival and change and appearances and energy, checking in as we are theoretically, allegedly, (laughs) in this space, halfway between the seasons, and for those of you who are with me geographically in the Northern Hemisphere, between spring and summer, right? And for those who are traversing from fall to winter, which it feels more like in this moment where we are in the Southern Hemisphere, check in with what that halfway point might feel like. And notice there can be a push and a pull, right? The push me pull you from Dr. Doolittle back in the day. And there can be this sense of hesitancy to leave where we have been. And even if summer's your favorite season, if you've been in spring and you're not quite ready to start making that transition, there can be a reluctance, there can be the resistance, there can be a pull backward to say, no, I'm here. Like the blossoms are just coming out. I'm not ready for them to be in full bloom. And maybe that's allergen associated for you. And perhaps it's thinking about what foods are delicious in that season and what clothing. For me, shorts and a long sleeve shirt, best wardrobe ever. And you can toggle between sandals and closed toed shoes for that. But if I had to choose, right, one outfit for the rest of time, that would be the pairing that I would opt into. And summer has fewer opportunities for that summer as I have known it in the past. Now, summer evenings, perhaps, but spring is really designed for that. Again, (laughs) in olden times, spring right now is, I'm wearing a hat in my house at the moment, a woolen hat, (laughs) a knit hat, I should say. I can't wear wool. In any case, notice that reluctance. And also notice sometimes the desire to fast forward. So summer is your favorite season and you can't wait right, to be in shorts and tank tops with appropriate sun protection in May, which is skincare awareness month. And there's melanoma Mondays in May that happen. So any importance there too. And balancing, of course, the benefits of sun exposure with the protection of the skin. It's a dance. So many things in life are. And so you might be leaping forward, And you might be lamenting that we are still in spring because we're only at the halfway point. doesn't mean we've crossed that line into the beginning of summer, right? It's not into the fullness and the richness of summer, but to the beginning of the summer experience. You might be running and hoping to get there. And you might be disappointed because it is not sunny and warm and what we might expect from summer. And what all of that does is it takes us out of the now moment. And so when we think about change, It requires us to see past, right, and future and present, and go in between those. Because to identify change, we have a reference point. And the reference point is often in the past. Saying, this is how I was and this is how I am now. And that can be really helpful. Progress can be encouraging. Sometimes it can be disappointing. But being able to see, you know, where was I before? Where am I now? What has changed? What has moved? And sometimes... It is for the better, and we can decide how we're categorizing that. For me, I have a lot of memories. I used to always post daily workouts on Facebook. I haven't for a while for a variety of reasons. But when those come up, I will see this progression of the weight on the bar that I lifted, the speed of the run that I took, the number of meters that I completed. And sometimes I'm doing better, meaning heavier, faster, more, you know, for letting those be our better qualifiers. And sometimes I'm doing worse. I'm slower than I was in a race, or I didn't get as many reps in a workout, or the load on the bar is lighter than it had been historically. And that can lend itself to a lot of judgment or discernment or perspective or awareness. We can choose how we engage with those. And while that can be helpful, it prevents us from being fully where we are now. And so what is it like to experience change and evolution and be in the present moment? And as you might have guessed, <laughs> based on past episodes and by sharing of what it means to know and understand and my discomfort with simply saying this is how it is, I will offer you my perspective of it, knowing very much that it may not be yours, it is not necessarily right, and I'm not looking for anything to be right but to open up space for consideration. And when I'm in my programs, I'm teaching, teaching is conveying information. Hopefully we're often engaging in discussion and opening up dialogue externally, internally to take place. I offer information and questions and quotes and inspiration and opportunities and possibilities and welcome dialogue and discourse and debate around it, objections even. Bringing it forward so we can have a fruitful discussion. And so for me, this experience of change does require me to notice who, how, what, all of those factors of the me prior to this very moment. And we can take it in arcs, right? You could look at your life. Sometimes we look at seven-year arcs. Sometimes we divide however many years we have into five buckets. And we look at those components of our lives and see what were the themes and what was happening, and what were my most predominant feelings, right? In the practice and training of coaching. I've been through a lot of those exercises and I find them to be tremendously helpful. And in this moment, because here I am with you, word by word, moment by moment, note by note. I feel more fully me. And I've had that experience a few times, and that requires me looking to the past, right? Being out of the now moment. And I often associated it with the activities that I was doing. So I was doing X, Y, Z, be that with work or with workouts or with social engagements, things that felt more aligned with how I knew or even imagined myself to be, but more so new. And maybe, hmm, capital lowercase K. Not entirely sure because capital K seems a little bit too much, and so maybe it's a gentle knowing lowercase. And we've been in episodes where you said capital N. (laughs) Those silent letters, they'll get you. And what I notice now is there's a sense of comfort, and it is independent of the activities. Now I could look at them. I could look at the hours of yoga and the styles of workout and the food that I'm consuming and the sleep that I'm having and the different engagement I have with social media and how my work is and the relationships I have in my life lives life <laughs> singular to my awareness. And I could attribute right the comfort with that. And as we know, as we've walked through coaching, those are circumstances. Those are all in the fact line of my life. And we could log it, right? We could get an objective measurement. I could have eyewitnesses, people who were with me in different classes and on walks with friends and calls for work. So we could track that. And certainly those could be more readily associated with feeling comfortable. And comfortable is such an interesting word, because many times, right, we want to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so comfort can feel luxurious and even luxurious can feel indulgent. And instead, Those might be fabulous feelings to have. And some that are pretty uncommon, unfamiliar to me. And the other words I might use in that space are congruent and aligned, right? Which matches in with a lot of what we talk about in the osteopathic space, integrated. Balanced, that one's an interesting and somewhat loaded and a little bit tenuous word, right? Because balance is so just on the nose there. And it has less to do with those things, right? And more to, and really everything to do with new narratives that are developing in my head and my heart, right? And seeing where those come from. And the sense of, right, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm who I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what feels good and right for me. And those are simple yet powerful, yet profound sentences, statements, thoughts that come up and they invite in that sense of comfort and congruence and resonance. And those might be my favorite words and feelings to experience. And I think probably because they have musical roots and just noticing if there are times and spaces where that is the case for you, You can be in that now moment and embrace, oh, right? Evolution has happened, is happening. Transformation is happening. Transformation is here and I'm expressing it through this comfort and congruence and resonance of me with me. And that is the change that to me is most powerful. Not change that matches us to anything else, even our own expectations for ourselves and not change has us looking some certain way, although it is okay. Right? If appearance can be some of that gateway to which we can attach that thought that invites in those feelings. It's okay. right? We're not undoing or discrediting any of that, but it's a change where we arrive and we can breathe. Right? We can move the breath with greater ease. It's a change where we're in it and you almost feel less And I don't mean shutting down feelings, but you're so in connection with everything around you. There's a seamlessness of it. And of course, water visual comes through. And so when we pour the cup of water of us into the bay of the universe, and there's no distinguishing of the droplets, now it's still there. And it's not a giving away of self. You're still in it there's still your contribution but there's this fullness and this flow that exists so arriving there right is how for me change can express and experience itself in the now moment without needing to reference the before or the after in simply being here and now and i'll be honest none of this is exactly what I thought I would talk about on the podcast. I have some structure <laughs> to optimize function. I have some themes and some anticipations and even maybe some interviews. I had thought about pausing the conversations and obviously everything has been paused, but I'm allowing for whatever it is to come through. And so I will stop this recording here in just a moment. And I will go back and figure out how to put the music track on there <laughs> and get the timing right for the introduction I put this out into the airwaves and be grateful for the time and the space to know that sometimes we do need to pause and we can return again as we are, as we were, as we will be, however that presents in this present moment. This is Dr. Emily Biki with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.